Okay, good morning, everybody. Technical difficulties to start our day. Are we good? Andy, give me a thumbs up if you see me and hear me. Um, all good, great. Okay. Hope everyone's having a wonderful day. Welcome to September. I've been speaking a lot about this concept. People are reaching out. I think there's not just me that's going through this. This idea of don't think it until someone says it. This concept of not trying to figure out what is in someone else's head. As just a practice and as a condition for us to be working on in our lives. So I've been getting a little feedback with this with different questions. I want to start to like hit a little bit of it today. Someone emailed me yesterday and say, saying, like, isn't it selfish to think that whenever someone's in a bad mood, they're thinking of you? And the answer is, to some extent, yes. You see, it could be that they are mad at you. It just doesn't, it's just not worth the risk. Yeah, it could be that when someone's giving you a face, they really are upset. But when you put it in the risk reward profile, it's just not worth it to engage at all in it. It's not worth the time and the effort to engage in trying to figure out someone's mind because it is a losing proposition. And for every one time that you're right, there's 15 times that you're wrong. And if you're a sensitive person to begin with, you're going to be spending so much time being somewhat wrong and as a result, sapping your energy and really ruining the relationship. There are relationships that are just overly dramatic. There are families that are just overly dramatic, that it's not that big a deal. But it becomes a big deal because the conditioning of that relationship is one in which it's always something. You know people like this? It's always something. It's always something. So part of the role of the relationships that we have with people really is a spiritual game. It's really to connect our soul to their soul. And along the way, there's lots of bumps and lots of breaks and lots of things that get in the way. And most of the things that get in the way is over-dramatized thoughts. When someone does something that really wasn't meant to be done with the negativity in which it was taken. When someone forgets something that really wasn't meant to be a malicious, deliberate uh, erasing in their minds. They're just human. When, when people say things that aren't really as sensitive, as, as insensitive as they can, that come across. Most people in our lives are are really good people. Most people in this world are really good people. There are people that are bad. Usually they've been conditioned to be bad. There's some people that are born bad. Very few. Very few people in this world are born evil. Very few. Most people that are doing bad things weren't born that way. You know, that person who's like killing people or screaming or yelling or carrying a Nazi flag. When that kid was one years old and he was playing with the kid down the block, if the kid was Jewish, the one-year-old would have been like, what, he's a Jew? Give me my Lego back. 
it, mom and dad stuck him in the room and like showed him, I don't know, like Nazi paraphernalia. And then one day he grew up and like looked around. If you hear enough time, the Jews control the world and you start to believe it. I don't know. You're 18 years old. You got no other life. And you can't get a job and you, you join the group and they start screaming, hey, I don't, you think the kids that are sitting around now like in like Gaza, if they were like one and the Israeli kid was one, they'd be like, I can't play with you. Most people are good people. They've just been conditioned. So there's extremes on the conditioning, but then there's like, let's, we're not playing on the extremes. There's relationships that get conditioned to be like dramatic. See somebody and like it conditions you. She's like this, he's like this. She never really likes me. How come she didn't say hello to me? How come he didn't do this? How come he didn't do that? And then like, there's like a, a narrative that gets played in one's mind that may or may not be true. Maybe my husband isn't as insensitive as I'm making him out to be. He's just a guy. And as much as I'm living with him for 20 years, he still doesn't get it. That's not an uncommon thing. For the ladies that are watching, it will shock you. It will shock you just how little we know. I don't mean, I'm a guy's guy and I'm on the guy's team. Just we seem to not be able to pick up on nuances that seem to be normal in a typical normal relationship. But you have relationships where because there is an assumption, there's the, the, the additional made up intention that's not there. So when I'm trying to think what's in your head for not doing or doing something, and I'm projecting what's in your head, now I relate to you in a much different way. Men and women are different. Two people are different. They have different backgrounds. And as much as you think you know somebody, there's a lot in that person's head that you just don't know. So just figuring people out, even if the ones that live in your house is really a failing proposition. But what we're, where we're driving towards here, which is a little bit more of a nuance, which is really the nature of a relationship at all. And this is where I think we're gonna get a little uncomfortable. We, I don't think the world really gives us the information we need to have great relationships. I was on the phone with someone the other day about sort of the world itself and the secular world and relationships. And this individual is giving me like he's dating and great guy. Like, and I was trying to like explain to him that like the prisms that you're using to relate to the girl you're dating really is a very secular mindset. I don't think the secular world has a great track record for relationships. It's not like America's got like a 95% happy marriage rate. Like, I don't even know the stats. Andy probably knows what is happening on the, on the, the level of just basic relationships in America. Divorce and adultery and, and unhappiness. Like, I'm not sure that like, and we have a great country, right? We're living in freedom. Okay, there are some bumps, but like for the most part, this is an incredible existence that we need to be thankful for. We fetch a lot, but like in history, like we're living like a life that nobody would have dreamed of 150 years ago. And that we should need to thank God for. So we're not like living like 
in the middle of like wars and pogroms. But so, but the world around us doesn't really give us the culture of great relationships, which makes no sense because it should, right? You know, dad's not waking up at 4.30 to go to a factory for 15 hours, inhaling asbestos, coming home, having 10 minutes to eat like the bread and water of which Americans did 150 years, 50, 100 years ago. Right, life was very was in many cases incredibly more difficult. Right, little Johnny isn't going at nine to the farm to pick whatever. Right, we're living at a time where like we have much more time together. We're able to see each other. My grandmother, she should rest in peace, from Syria. I remember. I mean, like my I have aunts and uncles that live in Israel. They came from Syria to Lebanon. From Lebanon, the family split. So my grandmother sent away children to a different country. She didn't FaceTime them when they landed in Ocean Parkway. And there's still challenges. And I understand that. There's challenges by race. I'm not saying life is easy, but I'm saying life is easier. And even the challenges that we're all dealing with, there are challenges. Race is a serious issue. Even Judaism is a serious issue. There used to be like a Hebrew quotient. You know, Alan Dershowitz tells a story when he was interviewing, which I think for Sullivan and Cromwell. They're like, we'd love to take you, but we have too many Jews, right? There's a reason why we have Long Island Jewish Hospital because you couldn't be a doctor and work in North Shore. Like we forget the fact that there was, I'm not saying life is perfect here and there's some serious race issues that we're still grappling with, but life has gotten a lot easier and better. Why haven't our relationships continued to increase? And the reason I believe is because we don't really have the proper perspective on relationships. The relationships that we're grappling with right now is a tinge transactional. We, we tend to overplay what we need from somebody in the relationship. And we don't fully appreciate that we really need a lot less from people than we think, right? Let's take like the most typical giving relationship. Let's take a mom to a little kid, okay? Or a dad to a little kid. You take a nine month old baby. It's a one way relationship, six month old baby. There's nothing going on, right? They're just learning how to survive. All that's happening is mom and dad are pouring into this kid. Kid take, gets a bottle or whatever and then throws a temper tantrum. They're not sitting him down and giving him a speech unlike respect and gratitude, right? Like mom's not calling dad at work and being like, can you believe, can you just believe it? Where did we go wrong? I mean, where did we go wrong with this one, right? They don't really expect much from the six month old. If you really delve into the life of the parents and the emotional health of the parents, vis-a-vis the relationship with that six-month-old kid, there's not, they're not really lacking emotionally. They may be lacking physically, maybe exhausting, maybe lacking socially, and maybe you know, unfulfilling from a social perspective to talk to a, a six-month-old all day. But the young child-to-parent relationship is one in which there are no expectations of return. And you don't find, for the most part, if you take out social needs, intellectual needs, right? There is a sense I want to like speak to people that can speak English back at my level, right? Exhaustion. You don't really find that 
parents of young kids are like, I am, I am struggling in the relationship. I am unfulfilled as a parent, as a young parent. There are issues with being a young parent. It's challenging, but usually the relationship, the unfulfillingness, the relationship is not there. Usually it is of the most fulfilling times of a parent. Parents always say, I miss it when they were little, including my mom. I miss them when they're little, including my wife. I miss them when they were little. You see mom saying this old, dad's not so much. At least me, not so much. I don't know. I think if you can't like wrestle and throw a football or like, I don't know, I'm, but whatever. But like moms, you see sometimes being like, I miss them when, why? When they were little, you joking me? You miss them when they were little? When they were little, they just sat there? When they were little, what, 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 what did you miss about them? They, they're, they're basically, they're not self-sufficient. It was exhausting. You were driving carpool. Or, there's a certain missing that parents have when their kids are little. Why? So part of it is because, like Andy's saying, they're cute and you miss them and they, yeah. But let's go a little deeper. Part of it is because the relationships were simpler. And part of the simpleness of that relationship is that you didn't expect anything. And so you were free to not worry about what you were getting from it. And so you were expressing a deeper place of your soul. You see, from a spiritual perspective, fulfillment spiritually is in the giving. So when we're giving to somebody else, unadulterated, we are satisfying the deepest pieces of our soul, which feels so much more fulfilling than when we're getting in the relationship. When you go meet that great person, whether it's the rabbi or the grandma or the grandfather, whatever it is, and they're evolved. You know, there are, there are people like this. They're evolved. There are people that are not evolved. You know, they're, they're like, they, you can see that they're not taking from people. They don't walk into a room and they need the attention. They're not like, concern that how come someone forgot their birthday you see people like this who have developed in life to a place in which they don't really need anything from people anymore they just want to give to people they don't need the honor they don't need someone to remember they just want to be a giver they just want to they take a dollar they give it to the kids they say how beautiful you look without anyone returning it and i'm not saying that we don't need it in return. We absolutely do. What I am saying, and I want to delve into this. So if you're hearing this for the first time and it's like uncomfortable, okay, well, that's what we do here in the morning. And stick with me next week as we unpack it more. But like, let's just like get a little uncomfortable. I am saying that if let's say we need 20 units of attention and love from others, we think we need 100. Because we're in a world of transaction. And society has conditioned us to need in return. Society has conditioned us to live in the world of quid pro quo, which is you give me and I give you. There's an unfairness if I'm giving you too much value, not giving me. And that impacts everything. 
It impacts how we deal with our adult or teenage children. It impacts our relationships. It impacts our friendships. It impacts for sure our business relationships. There is a sense of it's unfair if I'm not getting what, I'm, what at least I'm putting in. And that perspective keeps us alive. That's why we do it. It's survival. Because otherwise I would be, as we say in Yiddish, a shmata. And there are people that are shmatas, and it's wrong. I'm not saying that you have to go to the extreme. You're not a soul. You are a human being. But there is a middle ground between what society is telling us we need from everybody, what we actually need. It's like food. We can cut our, unless you're on a strict diet, I'm I'm telling you now, I don't even know what you eat every day. I'm sure you can cut out 35% and not even wink. No question. What we eat on a daily basis, cut it by 35%, you're fine. You're fine. We consume so much that we just get used to the consumption. We get used to needing it. So we feel hungry because our body is conditioned to consume every three or four hours. You can. I was talking to someone yesterday and they're like, I'd love to watch the boost. I'm like, oh, thank you. He's like, but I can't. I'm like, how come? He goes, who has 20 minutes? I'm like, what? Just so you don't watch the boost. Who has 20 minutes? We are conditioned to not having a second. Like you have 20 minutes. I'm not saying you need to watch the boost. I'm saying don't think you don't have 20 minutes. Like you're not the president of the United States. You're not in the ER. But we've been conditioned to need to be stimulated and moving so many times an hour that we we need so many things going on. We don't need it. We can sit and have a conversation with someone for 20 minutes. Nothing's going to happen to us. Thank you. Exactly. You make time for things that matters. My point is that a lot of what we are consuming, we don't really need. And the game isn't to go to nothing. That's not at least the Jewish approach to anything. That go give up money and go give up relationships and go. To, no, 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 no. We don't live in the world of the sky. We don't live in heaven. We live in the world. But here's the game. Life is about using a scalpel. You have to start to, to carve and slowly move out. Do I need it? Do I need it? Do I need it? Do I need it? It's like you're Michelangelo. You're carving, you're shaving. Always trying to get tighter and tighter and tighter. Honing, 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 honing. One of the areas that we need to hone together is just how much I need in return from people. Just how much I need people to acknowledge me. Just how much I need people to tell me how great, just how much I need from a relationship. Do, how much do I really need? Because the more we realize that we need less than we think, the more we are free to give more than we otherwise would. By the way, that's how the relationship's going to get better. You'll end up getting triple in the end. But we can't think like that yet. You'll get much bigger. Meaning, you want to talk about the difference between 
giving and taking versus giving wholeheartedly. The person who gives wholeheartedly always wins in the end, but we can't think like that because that's taking. That's what we have to start to get into next week. How much do I really need from people? How much do I really need? And the less that I need from them, the more I am free to just give. I walk into a room and someone doesn't like me. Do I need them to like me? Because if I do, then now we're in like a transactional relationship. But if I don't, it's not going to lead me to leave. It's going to actually lead me to be more of myself and to give more and to actually show them through being the role model for them what it means to just relax and give. Now, this is a lot, I think at least. Maybe it's obvious to other people. Don't talk about it with God's help. Tomorrow we have our Q&A. Any questions that you still want to throw in, charlie at charlierari.com. And uh, I really appreciate the whole week. Is it Thursday? Today's, Andy, is today Thursday? Yes, right? Tomorrow's Friday, right? Okay. I believe it is. Okay. Yeah. It's amazing how quick the weeks go. All right, everybody. We're on, even though it's Labor Day weekend. So if you're out there enjoying, God bless you. Enjoy and hope you see it on demand. If you're going to be with me, we'll be Sunday, Monday. We don't... <laughs> God's help. Why not? Let's just rock and roll. Every day is a chance to get a little better. Thank you, everybody. Have a great, awesome day. Try this today a little bit today. Try to shave off a little bit. Try to tr try to shave off a little bit of need emotionally. Give a little bit more. Um, and with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again tomorrow. Have an awesome day.